What's up, everybody, and welcome back to How to Be a Boss, the podcast. I am Robert Carton Jr. I'm Christy Branson. And I'm Seth Sheely. Okay, so before we get into the episode, just for legal purposes, <laughs> we are not financial advisors. We are two individuals that, you know, maybe want to start a business one day and someone with an established business. And we are asking questions and figuring out things that worked for Chrissy to get her where she is. Yes, this is not financial advice. Please do your due diligence before you do anything and consult with the right professionals, whether it be an attorney or a financial advisor or a CPA. We are none of those things. We're just giving you our journey. So listen, before we get into today's episode, we just want to let you guys know about something new that we're doing over here at How to Be a Boss. It's podcast at aat.team. Feel free to email us. We want to hear from you guys, whether it be your business questions, life advice you may need, or you just want to let us know what you think about the show. We want to hear from you guys, and we are going to respond to you on future episodes. So again, it's podcast at aat.team. Dot team. We want to hear from you guys. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about how to make your money work for you. And I just bumped into the mic. So the quote that we have for this week's episode is don't work for the money. Let the money work for you. And that's by Robert Kiyosaki, an entrepreneur and founder of Rich Global LLC and the Rich Dad Company, which is a private financial education company. So Let's get started. Chrissy, what is your definition of making money work for you? Uh, when you put your extra income to work to generate money, um, well, extra money that you are not having to necessarily put effort into after the initial setup, that would be putting your money to work. So before we can make like any investment into any outside in- entity, Business-wise, of course, we have to make investments within ourselves. And how do we do that? Um, You educate yourself. So I feel like um, in today's age, like with YouTube and even TikTok, I mean, if you can filter through all the fluff to get to actual valuable information, um, you can grow and you can learn stuff that people, you know, a generation before us didn't have access to. And definitely didn't have like free access to it would take, you know, taking classes or or having a mentorship situation. So I feel like investing in yourself, it it's you educating yourself on things that you don't know. Um, and then first and foremost, learning a high income skill. So if you have that high income skill, you're able to generate well above whatever it is that you need to survive so that you do have extra money. Uh, I think that a lot of people struggle with putting their money to work because they don't have enough to survive. So you're always going to be torn between like survival mode and then knowing that you need to prepare for the future. And the longer you put that off, the harder it's going to be for you to grow that money because it grows exponentially. So if you, somebody who's 18 and throwing money into investments versus somebody who is 56 doing the same thing, they're going to end up with a completely different number when they decide mm-hmm. to retire. So um, I think that when you figure out how to, to make extra income um, and figure out how to get your mind right, then you can start growing something. I think it was really interesting, the morning meeting that we had earlier this week, 
um, where we talk, you talked about like investments and, you know, understanding where you are in the money and financial mm-hmm. world. So mm-hmm. she had us, you know, find out what was it? I want to say value, but that's not the like word. Your net worth. Your net worth, yes. Your net worth. We didn't find out our value. We should know that already. But um, <laughs> Okay, but like in terms of finances, mm-hmm. that number is your value. That number is what you have contributed to yourself and your family and the world, essentially. Like that number is what you own. Mine is what you owe other people. So like if you owe more people – then you have contributed, your value is negative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're a liability on the people <laughs> around you. So um, even though, you know, if the number sucks, you don't want to call it your value. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I think they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, My student loans make me a liability. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, like that's a lot of people's situation. Like they have these massive amounts of student loans. You are a liability. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you really are. You owe somebody else money for your education. <laughs> And like real talk, <laughs> what are you using the education for? You know, so like for instance, <laughs> I have a lot of money tied up in real estate at this point. So I go and throw a bunch of money into a house or, you know, a piece of land or whatever it is. And then sometimes we take a mortgage out on that property. So if it's generating income, I'm taking a mortgage out on it. I owe somebody for that property, but the property is more valuable than what I've owed, what I have, you know, taken out in debt. So if you take out a student loan and you don't have any asset to counteract it, like, and you're not using that education for anything, it's a liability. I'm glad you mentioned like the (laughs) real estate thing, because I was curious, like with having AAT, like what made you decide to get into real estate on the side as well? Uh, It's long term. It's passive. I don't have to do anything on the money that I make that's extra. And, you know, initially when you asked me the first question, my (laughs) answer was you put extra income to work. So first you have to figure out how to make enough income to survive and then thrive because if you are like living like you're dirt poor, you're it, it's going to be a struggle constantly to put money back mm-hmm. to like save for the future. So you have to feel good while you're doing it. So that's why the high income skill is necessary. Um, any income that we have that's extra, I want to put it somewhere because when you have money sitting in the bank and you're making, even right now, like the interest rates are four, five percent. Like, stupid. I've never seen that in my lifetime. Inflation is twice that. (laughs) So it's like, even if you have money that's like sitting there and you feel like it's making money by earning interest, it's losing its value by the inflation rate. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to put money into something that's beating that inflation rate. And I think that over time, um, for me, real estate makes the most sense. Um, Obviously, I have other things. Um, but that's, that's the biggest one for me is real estate. Okay. So you mentioned you have other things. I was going to ask, um, what are some other forms of passive income that you've been interested in or would recommend to other people? Yeah. Um, so I feel like the stock market is always everybody's go-to 
And if you are not educated in the stock market, that's going to be a tough one if you don't have somebody managing it for you. Um, so I really got started in the stock market with um, Robinhood. So like <laughs> it's, you know, real basic. And that was a learning tool for me. That was never my intention to like use that to just grow this massive account. I just wanted to play. And that's what I did. I just kind of like threw, you know, 50 bucks here, 100 bucks there just to see what it was all about. Um, and then over time, as I grew that account and got it big enough, I just transferred that over to like a financial advisor. So for me, because I don't want to spend all the time and effort that it takes to, to be actively trading, um, having somebody manage it and having a form of like robo advisor. So that's kind of what my account now does is like, you know, AI generated, like it's, it's a robo advisor. So it, it sees what's performing well, it sells it, it buys new something. So like completely hands-free for me. Um, and then on top of that, like there's a financial advisor involved so that, you know, if I want to do something, bigger than than what the robo-advisors do, then, then I can mm. still do that. So the stock market for me is like fun. It's a way to, to put variety into my investments, but it's not the focus by any means. Um, I feel like that is a long-term game too. I feel like any investment strategy is a long-term game. If you need that money now, don't put it into anything. It's like if you feel like if you have $10,000 sitting there and it hurts your feelings to make that go away, you don't need to be investing because you're not going to in order for that money to grow, it has to sit and it can't be touched and you you can't miss it. Like it, it disappears and that's how you have to be able to look at it. So I feel like putting your money to work is is great, especially when you're younger because you have more time. But if you're going to miss it, you're constantly going to be at battle with yourself. So you got to figure out how to make more money than you actually need first before you start throwing in places. So back to your question about what else. Um, the stock market. So I also got into peer-to-peer -peer lending. Um, I got curious about it like a long time ago at this point. But over the years, I've kind of played around with that still. Um so that's just like where you're basically investing in other people's notes where they're taking out loans. Um, I use a platform that kind of vets those people, classifies it by like A, B, C, D, E, high risk. Um, they decide like in underwriting what the interest rate is on those loans. And then it's up to me to kind of make that portfolio make sense. Mm -hmm. Obviously, high risk people are going to be more likely to charge off their accounts. So even though that 25% interest rate looks cute, you're not always going to get that back. So you kind of like it's up to me to balance out that account. And that's kind of worked really well for me um, just because I, I'm not like greedy with it, I guess. So that's another way that I've I've kind of made a, a variety of investments. But again, the real estate is the long-term game for us. Did you uh, invest in Bitcoin like everybody else was doing a few years ago? <laughs> um, Yes, I did not go crazy with it. So I think that the Bitcoin like fad was it performed really well. People invested in it then and then it crashed. <laughs> That wasn't luckily what happened for me. Um, and I did not sink a bunch of money into it. So my Bitcoin is performing well at the moment, but it's because I hit it. Like I got curious when it was low. And so it it's grown for me. 
Um, and, and I feel like any form of digital currency, uh, eventually I do feel like that's the way that the world's going to go. I mean, it, everything else is digital. Why not money? Um, but as far as like, which coin is the most stable, who freaking knows? I have no idea. (laughs) So that's not one that I, I'm not, I'm not willing to take that big of a risk. So I'm like glad you mentioned stop the own stock market because you know that's something i've been interested in um i think fear is holding me back and like i don't do enough of my own research mm-hmm. um i've i was kind of the same way i got into robin hood someone told me about it like i think my freshman year of college i'm like oh let me look at that um but I, I just, I don't do enough of my own research. And then when you hear about something at that point, it's kind of like too late to invest in mm-hmm. it. So. Yeah. Like, no. um, a robo. I mean, there's Betterment is the one that I can think of right offhand. So they have low fees, a low like starting rate. um, Very similar to the Robinhood platform. So like that would be a way to kind of see what, what is going on without you having them physically do it Mm -hmm. um but again if you if you're gonna miss that money don't touch it don't touch it i would be interested in investing in like some form of like a shark tank type deal with like upcoming (laughs) businesses and companies and you know getting return off of that i don't know if there's any app that exists that caters to that but i've always felt like (laughs) you know although it could be a risk Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like the the grand like payout would be greater. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's kind of private equity. So that's getting into you needing to be an accredited investor and like have big money on hand to be able to do stuff like that. Um, and there is a big reward for stuff like that, but there's also a big risk involved. Mm-hmm. And for the record, we are not financial advisors. <laughs> so no. this is like us speaking from our personal experience. This is not like go do these things, do your research, obviously, consult with the right people. Um, but this is just like my journey mm-hmm. along the way. This is what has worked for Chrissy and yes. two people asking her questions. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so in regards to like finding out your assets and, you know, your liabilities and things like how important is it to know that information? All right, if you need to get somewhere physically and you are lost, you don't know where you're going, you've never been there before, you don't just wing it. You figure out where you are in the world and you formulate a plan to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, we do this every day with like a GPS. Okay, mm-hmm. So like if I need to go to somewhere in the city, I'm going to punch it into my GPS. It's going to tell me how to get there efficiently. Um, but I, it has to know where I'm at now in order to be able to do that. I think that your finances work the same way. So if you are oblivious to where you're currently at and what your current situation is, how are you going to know where to go next to get to where you're trying to go eventually? Mm. Um, and I think when it comes to finances, it's very black and white. You want the number to go up. That's it. You want the number to go up. So if I want the number to go up, I need to know where the number is currently at. So that I know when it's going up and when it's going down. So very important for you to know exactly where you're at. Um, 
first and foremost, you need a good credit score. So before you ever start putting money into any investment vehicle, you need to pay off all of your debt. You need to get rid of the credit card balances that you're carrying. You need to pay off any collections. You need to just bite the bullet and pay the consequence for what you already did (laughs) with your finances. And I think that's hard for a lot of people because they're like, oh, well, if I wait seven years, it's going to fall off. Yeah, that's the case. But like, do you really want to be a POS for seven years to make that happen? Like, do you want to prolong it that long? Seven Mm -hmm. years is a lot of time. (laughs) So like, do you want to, to start your journey then or should you start your journey now? So pay off all that stuff first. Um, Get your credit to a decent, decent score. That way when, so like, for instance, with real estate, if I want to take out a mortgage, I am very confident without checking my credit that I can just go get a loan, all right? Mm. If you're having to like scrounge around to figure out who's going to approve you and where you're going to be able to get money from, by the time you do all that, you've missed out on the opportunity. So I think the credit is very important. Um, The high income skill is very important. But then after that, like you have to, you got to know where you're at. So figuring out what you already own, Versus what you already owe people, that's your net worth. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially the number that you want to see grow over time. So, like, when you go look for, like, you're like, oh, how much is that celebrity worth? You go look at their net worth. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what the internet gives you because that is their value. That's what they're worth. That's not what they make every year. That's not what they've made in their lifetime. (laughs) That's all of their assets minus all of their liabilities. So, that's the number that you want to make grow. That's the number you want to get bigger. I will say finding out your net worth is a very humbling experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> very humbling. But how do you find out that information? Like, where do you go? Okay. So um, you can do this a million. You can make a, a list. You can physically write it out. Um, a spreadsheet will do it for you. So you can just like put all your assets minus all your liabilities. Um, I like to use um, Empower. So they have like a free tool that you can go put like link all of your accounts to. Um, obviously they're doing that with the intention of you investing with them, which is what you can do, um, later once you have, you know, grown your net worth a little bit and your income, but you can link all your accounts. It'll like put everything in your assets and your liabilities. It shows you your number like in real time. So, um, that's, that's what I prefer. I want everything in my life to be automated and easy. (laughs) I don't want to have to go like searching for all of this information every time I need it. So that's that's kind of what I have migrated to over the years to make it simple. I'm the opposite. Like I need to know what's going on, when it's going on, why this is happening, because I'm nervous about like being scammed or being like overcharged things. Yeah. (laughs) And plus, I am a control freak a little bit and I just need to know what's happening, when, where and how. That's why I. I invested a little bit in um, digital currency a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I was one of the smart people that invested in Dogecoin. (laughs) 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 But I was just doing it just to like test out the waters, see Mm -hmm. how everything was was like. And I've learned at that point. Elon told you to. (laughs) Well, it wasn't because he told me to. I knew I had. I was interested in investing in it a little bit. And I knew that he had such a following that if he even mentioned it, that the price of it was going to go up. Right. So that was my reasoning behind 
investing in it a little okay. bit, but that's when I learned that investments is a long game yeah. and I'm not at that point yet where I'm patient enough to wait. Okay. Like I was constantly like looking at it every day and I'm learning <laughs> that will drive me crazy. So I think that there are, there's two different types of investments. There's short term, there's long term. All right. So like short term, you have to be active with. So there was a bunch of money made off of Doge, but like, those people were looking at it every day. So they'd see where it dipped, they'd buy, or and then when it got high, they were immediately selling. And then when it would dip, they would buy. And then when it would go up, they were selling again. So it was like an active thing. Mm-hmm. That's not a long-term investment. That's risky as because like you, you have to be in it. You have to be looking at it every day. You have to make these quick decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not hands-off investing. So, like, I feel like that type of thing. And there are people that make tons of money off of day trading and stuff like that because that's where their focus is. That's their job. Mm -hmm. I have another job. (laughs) So, it's (laughs) like I don't have time to be in it like Mm -hmm. that. Um, So, I'm I'm giving my money to people who do so -hmm. that they can put it to work and make some money off of that money in the meantime. Um, But, like, you know, things like real estate or things like the stock market, those are long-term games. Um, where you just put your money in there and watch it grow over time because over time that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I tend to go to real estate because like you, for a rental, for instance, you invest in the rental, let's say, you know, it's 150 grand when you buy it, you're going to mortgage that you have a payment to make, but your, your tenant is paying more than that. So you're cash flowing every month. And then when you go sell it five, 10 years from now, it's going to be worth, you know, 200 grand. So I'm making Mm -hmm. money in the long run. I'm making money in the meantime. Uh, I'm very hands off with it. I've automated everything with the back end as far as our rent and our renters are concerned. Um, So it's aside from the initial setup and and signing the papers, I don't have to do nothing. (laughs) So that, that works for me because I do have another job i have another a thing going on that's taking up my time and you never want your side hustle or your investments to take away from a high income skill mm-hmm. it takes your focus off of what the side money is doing right. so you don't even have to really think about it yes you just wake up and say oh i have more money in my account right exactly so like if i'm making ten thousand dollars or more per month which by the way qualifies you for a high income skill ten thousand dollars or more per month that is where your focus should be at because mm-hmm. you can grow that and make that more. Uh, you don't want to pull your attention away from $10,000 a month to go make a thousand because then you, your high income skill goes down and then that thousand's not replacing what you're losing over mm-hmm. here. So it, it, you have to make it make sense for you. And everybody is different. Everybody's got a different journey. You know, there's there's things that you're going to be scared of or you're going to lean into. And that's something that you kind of have to figure out for yourself. So there's a million ways for you to get information um, and do your research. But I think initially, like, you just have to you got to try something small so that you kind of get the idea of what's happening. Okay, so with like every investment, of course, there is a risk some way, some form. Um, But. How much risk do you think there should be or how much risk do you take into account whenever you're deciding, you know, what you want to invest in and like where you want to invest in? I'm all in at the moment. I'm young in the big scheme of things. Um, So like that's when you want to make high risk investments. 
when you have plenty of time to make the money back if it fails. And obviously, I'm not out here, like, just throwing money into silly stuff. I do my due diligence with everything. But, like, I am much more willing to take a risk now because I know that, like, let's say I lose 100 grand today. I know over the next two years I can make that back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, like, you kind of have to weigh out what are you putting into it. And when you make an investment, you have to be willing to lose it all. Like, you have to have a game plan if it fails. Because if you just throw all of your eggs into this basket and it just goes to sh- you're you you're going to fail. You're going to be miserable. Like, you're not going to have anything coming in on top of that to be able to survive. So mm-hmm. I think that that's why a lot of people, when you hear these stories about, like, people put their money into something and then they lost it all and now they're homeless. Like, <laughs> it's because you made a stupid decision. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, like, you don't. You don't want to risk everything you have into this one thing because you want to have several things going on. So it doesn't all have to be in that one one vehicle. So with like starting a business, um, are there any specific programs or types of accounts? And this is a little to the left a little bit, but I feel like it still applies. Are there any type of like specific accounts or anything like that that you believe as a growing business owner you should have that could help? get you towards investment? Yes. So first and foremost, you should have separate bank accounts than your personal stuff. You don't have a business if you don't have separate bank accounts. I just, I feel like you have like a little, little side hustle going on. So definitely separate checking, separate savings, um, high interest savings, not 0.01% savings. That's not savings. That's just like throwing your money into a bank who's using it to profit. And that's silly. Um, you should have credit lines. So in the event that something does happen where you need money fast, you can pull it and be able to pay it back. Um, you should have credit cards, not that carry debt, but that, you know, you're able to just swipe the card and pay off each month. Um, and you should have an accounting software that, you know, keeps up with all of that stuff. You you need to be able to see your finances because for a business, that is how you look at your net worth as a business. So, like, when you own a business, it's separate from your personal stuff. Um, and you have to know that each one of those things are growing. So, like, being able to pull a profit and loss statement and see, like, where you're at for the year, that that's how you're going to gauge your business's worth. Um, and then you need also a CRM to manage all of your clients, obviously, and that should tie into everything. Um, And I think if you get all of that situated as a business owner, only then can you figure out what your income really is. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the lines get blurred when you're a business owner. It's not like you have a pay stub every week to look at and you can pull your W-2 at the end of the year and be like, this is how much I made this year. Like, that's not how it works. So you have to, you got to have the business finances in order so that you can see that the number is growing Mm -hmm. because that's going to, you know, depending on how you set up the business and and how you're taxed, like that's, that's going to gauge how much your income actually is. Mm -hmm. So you need to know how those correlate so that you can see how much extra income you have. Because in business, it's so easy to have a good month and have extra money in your bank account and be like, oh, I made some extra money and go pulling it and... In the big scheme of things, 
that extra money is should be cushion money or mm-hmm. that extra money is actually like making up for the loss you took two <laughs> months prior. So like you need to know what the actual like value is so that you can figure out what your income should be. Because mm-hmm. there are so many people who have a business and they get so excited about that extra money sitting there and they go spend it and then boom, you need it. Mm-hmm. And that's how businesses end up failing because it's like mismanaged with the finances. So that will set you up for being able to start throwing extra into any investment vehicle for sure. So it's important for businesses to understand, like growing businesses, to understand the difference between like a good month and a uh, a status, I guess you could say. Yes. Like, so if you have just like one good month, that extra money, you know, like you say, you use as cushion money, but mm-hmm. once it becomes like, you know, you've done this same amount for six, seven months, eight months or something like that, then you have a little bit of extra spending money. And, and, I feel like in business, it's longer than that. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like in like a good year in business doesn't mean you have a good business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like. In business, I feel like you have to reinvest that money into the business. And I think that people hear that and they're like, oh, I have to pull it out and then put it back in. Well, that's what people do. They pull it out, they spend it, and they don't have anything to mm-hmm. put back in. So for me, over the years, um, when I've like, quote unquote, reinvested in the business, I leave it there. I don't pull it. It's not mine. That's business money. And Mm -hmm. now let's spend it on something that's going to grow the business. So anytime there's extra money in the business, I don't even look at that like it's mine. I'm like, okay, what do we need to upgrade? Mm -hmm. How do we update our technology? Like what office equipment needs to be bought right now? What's falling apart? What needs to... You know, how many people can I hire with this money? Like what can we do to to get bigger, to grow? Um, So that's kind of the way that I've had to do it because it is so very easy to just make stupid decisions when there's extra money there because a business is going to operate on a much larger financial scale than your personal finances will. Mm -hmm. So like having a hundred thousand dollar a year for an individual, that, that seems like really good money. Like that's pocket change in the big scheme of things. When you have a business that, is really responsible for all the people who are making that six-figure income. Um, so, like, you have to be able to cover stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to, to you know, make a decision or spend a large amount at any given point or, like, make up for somebody else, you know, making a mistake or, like, you know, things that you're on the hook for. So, um, yeah, I think any business owner, when you're when you're talking about investment, you – you want to invest your personal money. And, you know, if you have extra business money sitting there, there's business investment accounts you can open. Um, your business can definitely own investments. But mm-hmm. you first and foremost want to grow that business to the point that, just like with your finances personally, you don't miss the money when it's gone. Mm-hmm. So, like I said earlier, I was one of the lovely people that decided to invest in Dogecoin the few dollars that I put in there. Mm-hmm. Have you ever made a bad investment or an investment and you were like, why did I do this? Um, So money to me, I look at money a little differently than I think most people do. Like it comes and goes. I know at this point 
if I lose a little bit of money, I can just make it back. So I don't really consider like, it's not devastating when there's a loss. It's mm -hmm. just a dip. Okay. So like, I don't feel like as far as a specific account that I have gone with, there has been any loss that's taken place. Um, I would say that my biggest investment losses are people. So as a business owner, when I hire somebody, that's an investment. It takes money to get that person onboarded. It takes money to keep that person here. Um, you know, as a business owner, you should know what that number is for your business so mm -hmm. that you know what that person is costing you. And then you have to reap the benefit and the reward or the consequence of that decision. And, you know, making bad hires for me has been the biggest the biggest hit, mm -hmm. I think, is just hiring somebody that maybe affects the morale or, um, you know, they just are doing what it takes to get by and taking my attention away from where it needs to be to try to like rehab them. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I think for me, that's what it is. Cause like I, at this point I feel like I'm not scared to like spend some money and mm -hmm. that's kind of how I look at an investment. It's like, <laughs> I'm just spending some money. Um, and really, I do my due diligence before deciding to put money somewhere because I think that's the biggest rule of investing. You don't take a loss, mm. you know. So um, I try to live by that. I don't – when I said that I can – I make risky investments at this point, I just mean like I make big, big investments, I guess, like where there could potentially – if things went – like – but you always should have a backup plan. Mm -hmm. I think as you get older, though, you have to slow that down a little bit. Like, you have to move money into more stable things. So, like, for instance, the stock market. Um, when you invest with an advisor, they're going to be like, okay, how much risk do you want to take? And it's kind of like a sliding scale. So, on this end where there's, like, low risk, you're investing in, like, stock, like bonds and staple stocks and stuff. At the riskier end, it's going to be, like, way more risk involved. So you're going to kind of diversify to where it's mitigated a little bit. But you got to be prepared to lose all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, in the big scheme of things, that's kind of how I look at risk. Like, how much am I willing to lose to put into this investment? I hope Seth and I were good investments. <laughs> yeah, so far you have been. <laughs> I try, I guess over the years, like because of those losses that I've taken with people, mm -hmm. I, I see red flags and we just go on and get them out of here. Like, mm -hmm. I don't let it, I don't sit there and like stare at the loss for very long. <laughs> Y'all are still here. Y'all are good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, Robert needed, Robert needed clarification. Just, Need just a little bit of assurance. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, at what point did you start getting into like passive income, like investments, real estate, stuff like that? When I had more money than I knew what to do with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Like that's the little, there's no dollar amount there. I can't think of a time where I was just like, all right, it's time to do this. Like uh, there's never going to be an aha moment. I get, okay, let me rephrase the question. Not a dollar amount, but, like, at what point did your mind, like, you were like, oh, I want to start doing this, like. Yeah. When I saw that there was more money than I knew what to do. Like, literally when I looked at the bank account. So, I feel like maybe we should do a podcast on, like, 
how to manage your finances because I have some tips along the way that get you there. But when everything's on auto pay, so I'm not having to worry about how I'm going to pay the bill or when it needs to be paid. Um, When everything is paid for the month, when I was able to swipe the card for whatever I wanted, when I didn't have any wants anymore. So like I had the house, I had the car, I had the clothes, I had all the things. You know, if I wanted to go buy a pool, (laughs) like to throw up in the backyard for the day for the kids, like, boom, done. Like any of my wants were taken care of. And then at the end of the month, there was still money there and I did not know how to spend it. That was my investment money. And so over time, like if you are managing your finances in the way that I did at that moment, which we really should do a whole episode on that. I'm down for it because I, I mean, need, I need lessons. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I feel like that's something that I mastered really early on. I wanted to know where every dollar was. Um, but like once, once I saw that that was taking place and then once that number was consistent, then I knew how much I needed to invest over time. So to begin with, it was just like a one and done, like let's play with something kind of thing. And I just used that extra money to kind of dabble. And so once I figured out what worked for us, then I just started like it became a bill for me. So it was like automatically transacted every single month into the right account. And then over time, that number's grown. So that was kind of it. And then side note, um, until you know what to do with your money, put it in a high interest savings account. So have it, I literally labeled my savings account, like investment account. And that was literally what I, that was the only purpose that it had. And I wanted to grow it until the point where that money made sense to put somewhere. So it became a bill for me to throw money over there. We do need to do a whole episode on finances because I have questions and I want to make my money grow as fast as possible, but we can end the episode with this last question. Um, Outside of real estate. Mm-hmm. real estate what are some investments that you might recommend to someone that's wanting to get into that world yeah um real estate covers a lot of different things so real estate is not just buying vehicles i mean buying houses um real estate is could be <clears throat> starting airbnbs it could be um flipping houses it could be having rental properties. It could be multifamily. You could invest into like a REIT, which is where a bunch of people are putting money into real estate to buy big stuff. Um, so real estate covers a lot of area. It does not have to be rentals. Um, stock accounts, obviously, if you are educated, manage it yourself. If you're not, have somebody do it for you. I think with any investment, you cannot be afraid to spend a little bit of money. So I think that hiring a good advisor, uh, you can't be scared for them to make money off of your money. As long as you're profiting in the meantime, who cares? Um, Peer-to-peer lending was a good one for me. So I would recommend that. Maybe not on like a big, you know, long. I wouldn't recommend like dumping a bunch of money into that necessarily. Don't let that be your biggest vehicle. Um, And then having a side hustle, like there's a lot of ways that you can make money these days, like on the internet, being an influencer would not be one of them. Okay. (laughs) Like, 
I know that there's people that make good money doing that. That's not a side hustle. That's a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Amazon dropshipping is one that I've seen a lot of recently. <clears throat> YouTube automation is another one that I've seen a lot of recently. Um, the Airbnb thing is another one, like where you just rent somebody's house and then turn it into an Airbnb and like sublet it, um, obviously with the right permissions. So that would be, you know, something to look into. Anything that you can do outside of your main income source in your free time that can grow and not require a bunch of attention would be a good investment. So learning how to do something like that. Um, Yeah, those would be my recommendations. I know that there's a million other ways for you to make money, uh, but those are things that have worked for me. So, Seth, what have you gotten from this episode? Like, what's your big takeaway? So, one of my takeaways, she mentioned earlier, you know, because she's young, you know, that she can be a little bit riskier or be more high risk. Um, That was one of my takeaways. And another takeaway was, like, if you're going to invest, you need to know whether you want it to be long term or if you want, like, want to get it back quick Mm -hmm. um those were two of my takeaways well i'll say for me i didn't have a specific takeaway i think this whole episode was like a takeaway for me like i can i can honestly say i will go back and be listening to this episode like (laughs) two or three times taking a few notes is there any like final thought that you want to yeah give there's something that i thought about just now that i did not mention Um, If you are an employee who has the opportunity to have, like, money that you put into a 401k matched by your company, that would be something to take advantage of. Not because I am an advocate for 401ks, but because you are getting free money out of it. So, like, whatever you put in there, if it's matched, that would be something to put your money into. Um, Also... A, depending on your situation, for me, um, a Roth IRA is a good one. So I contribute the max in that every year because it is taxed money already. So it's not pre-tax, but whatever grows in that account will not be taxed when I take it out. So at this point in the game, like I feel like my tax bracket is never going to go down. Mm-hmm. All right. So that is a, that's a big advantage to have something that's sitting there growing so that you're not taxed on whatever it makes. Um, so those like any type of retirement account, depending on your situation, obviously consult with a financial advisor before you just go putting money in place, <laughs> do your due diligence because everybody's situation is different, which is why there's so many different types. Um, but those would be things to look into. So retirement accounts for sure. Awesome. Well, that's all we got for this week's episode of how to be a boss. Be sure to visit us at autotransfers.com to see what we here at AAT can do for you and your dealership and visit us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. We are everywhere. Maybe threads one day. I don't know. We'll talk about (laughs) it. That's new. I know. I know. Yeah, I think that's going to be like a new, it's already kind of like a new Twitter list. I like it better than Twitter. But anyway, we have to move on. (laughs) 
Also, email us at podcast at aat.team. Let us know what you think about the show, what you want to know about us, any financial questions, any business questions. We want to hear all of it. So again, email us podcast at aat.team. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Robert Carden Jr. I'm Chrissy Brinson. And I'm Sashim. And you can check us out next time. Got it right that time too. (laughs) 